Hello, my name is Joanna and I welcome you to Johanna Traconis, the deconstruction of CPDSD podcast. Today we are going to talk about how to communicate PTSD with family and other people around us. This time we focus on how to explain them, the symptoms, the illness, etc. Our closest ones get to witness most of the symptoms we suffer. Often they ask questions. I found it really helpful to answer those, as it helps them and reduces confusion. Last time we did the initial communication with breaking the news and how some family can respond. But let us assume they reacted like they usually do. What now? How to explain the weird things that are happening? How explain how this illness works? How explain the symptoms? Family members often feel helpless, like witnesses of a building on fire while standing on the sideline often wondering if they really can't do anything. It is incredible hard to watch someone you hold dear suffer. The feeling of helplessness is harmful. That is why it is so important to explain and tell them what they can do. But how do we best explain PTSD? Well, there is not one answer for all, but we will take a few roads most people can associate with. Modify it here and there if needed. First off, I found, very surprisingly for myself, the best summary for my healing process, figuratively, from the movie Room 1408. So I never watched it, but watched the explanation from Ending Explained. I just don't watch how movies all the like anymore. That movie is definitely not for the vulnerable, so it is a very limited suggestion, but I wanted to mention it. If you are really curious, you can also just listen to the ending explained, where the plot and arch are explained. That being said, it is best to use an explanation in a field that the person is most familiar with. Our brain are pattern seekers. If they recognize a pattern in one situation and see similar circumstances, they can apply it to those. That is why examples are so important. Most of the time you won't find the right words in that moment. That is why it is a good idea to keep thinking about how to explain it and write it down in doubt. Your brain basically works like any muscle. Keep repeating an exercise and you will get better and more refined at it. We have told them we have PTSD, but what is PTSD? Yes, the definition does nicely, but most people not in it will have issues wrapping their head around it. Even so many horror movies are a good visualization what it is like. That is not something you want to suggest to your older parents. Or anyone. Most likely they are out of their mind of worry already. 
no need for gruesome images. Nonetheless, they will need something to picture it, as it is otherwise an unknown. And they will have friends, etc., ask for an explanation. And most likely justification. So they need to understand it. Also for also snake oil peddlers that smell desperation a mile away and come to prey upon them. It may sound a bit stereotypical, but I would use a garden example, or the castle, or a modern fort. Variations should be easily be able to be done. I use different examples to explain PTSD itself. My current status, how healing works, and in case of a trigger, fallout, etc. So, PTSD, what is it? Let's start with the garden. Well, imagine our brain being a careful, tended garden, and the PTSD is weed. Gout weed, to be precise. First, not really a big problem, but since it got ignored, it now infested everything. Now we can barely exit anything, and so remaining normal plants are being pushed aside by the weed. Now we would like to clean it all out immediately, but oh damn, the weather. It is rather unsteady, and in some weather condition, it is really hard to work. Even dangerous. It will take a lot of work and a lot of time, but the gout weed can be removed completely, if you are swore. You see where this is going? You should be able to tweak it here and there for better fitting your story. Maybe a drunken who drove into the garden and destroyed a lot, etc. So I don't like that the weather is here as a complicating factor, as we can influence the weather, but we can stabilize ourselves. But we can also emphasize how important it is to have someone with us in the garden to keep us company, even if the other person is not able to really help, they do help with making the work more endurable. I really prefer the castle or fort example, as it can be better modified to fit to the individual situation, but is not as peaceful as the garden example. As used before, you are a castle, with a main building and walls around it. But now you got attacked by an unknown force. Or you can use a modern fort, whatever you feel fits better. Now the outer wall is breached, aka PTSD outbreak, and there is a hostile army in your castle doing considerable damage. The damage of course varies on the extent of your PTSD. How many things you still have access to? Your favorite movies? Can you still listen to music? Does food still taste? Can you still feel joy? Think about how much you want to describe it. Additionally, what is the status of your army? Are there still plenty and in good shape? Or are there few and barely holding on? And so on. If you want to disclose that. You can draw a map about the situation or at least about the fort castle, with or without an enemy army, to help the other better understand the situation. 
now we can also explain the others what kind of role they play in this scenario. Are they like a hidden supply line from a neighboring kingdom, keeping everyone strong under siege and limited supplies? Are they an army from a neighboring kingdom, which army might not be able to fight it, but at least poke the enemy force, distracting them and or diverting them, to give your army a bit of a break? Or do they keep the morale up? It is important for most people to have at least a guideline which they can follow, something to aim for. You could also make any example up you want to, for example, with a car. But since my knowledge of cars is limited, I didn't pick it. Pick what suits you the most. Next up is your current status, or daily form if you so will. In our two previous examples, this would be the weather in the garden and the status of the army and building in the fortress example. Or you can use a ship example. Are you out there in the storm with your ship in the wild? Or is there a storm but you are in a safe harbor? Or is it a wonderful day for a cruise? Or you can simply go for the simple good, bad, chaotic, off day, etc. Pick whatever helps you communicate it clearly to the other person. Next up, we explain how the healing process works. As I said, people need a guideline. I usually use one main example that worked best so far. Stock market. Or any graph with a development over time. Let me explain. People separate in stock market between daily form and trend, which refers to how the stock is doing over a long period of time, from weeks to the start of the stock. The daily form is your daily form, and the trend is your healing curve. You might have good days, you might have bad days, but over time it should go up. If not, you really need to change something. And everything visualized so easily with a beautiful graph. There's a graph for everyone. Simply find a stock trading page until you find the one you need. You can clearly see on the stock trend graph, if you zoom, the many small up and downs. This is the same for your everyday PTSD status. It goes up and down, but have a look out for the trend. If you simply want to explain that your daily status does not mean your overall status, then I recommend the weather example, because there is a difference between weather and climate. There might be a really hot day in autumn, but that doesn't mean it's suddenly summer, but that it's a hot day in autumn. Same goes for a cold day. Or in a tropical climate, there is a colder day. Doesn't mean that suddenly the season exists, but that there was a day not typical for the climate. And so on. The day isn't the important bit, the long run is. If you are trying to explain it overall, healing yourself from PTSD is like climbing a mountain. You basically know where you want to go, but there are so many paths, 
so easy to get lost. It takes a lot of energy and it's hard to see how much paths you have left. The paths are tricky and it's dangerous. Supplies can come from outside, but they don't always really reach you or think you are somewhere else. Or the help can lead you being in peril. It's just important to reach the top, not how fast or how. Steady, as way down is fast and dangerous. Finally, we come to when something goes sideways. PTSD has some really weird symptoms, which is hard to wrap your head around, but it is even harder when someone sees you and you have to explain it. And sadly, the option to say, hey, that is not my idea, does not work here, despite it being technically true. For the symptoms overall, I recommend giving the full information so they can get it from somewhere else that these are normal symptoms to have. My episode 2 or any proper PTSD site will do. But I want to focus more on to explain the more extreme versions as they can be pretty scary for those not familiar with it. Also, they can better help and support you if they know what is happening. First, I start with trigger. There are two ways it usually goes. The immediately strong reaction, I would describe like a fire alarm. Even though everyone knows there is no fire, you still have to do the exact procedure you were taught even if you saw who pushed the alarm. That means getting to safety, as quiet as possible usually, keeping your head low and wait until the whole drama played out. But what about the trigger that make you feel bad over many days and often triggers strong depressive symptoms? I always explained my healing path with mountain climbing. The trigger is a misstep that led you to falling down. Not in free fall usually, but that depends on the sort of trigger. Usually it means you are skidding down, trying to stop the descent. You can actually do that, mid-descent, and stop it from going farther down, but I already talked about that in episode 4. Insomnia is usually explained as having drunken accidentally a whole kind of strong coffee or mixed with energy drinks. But knowing you need to sleep to be fit tomorrow, you are dead tired, but on the other side restless because of the caffeine. So most know what it's like, as most have suffered at one point in their life from sleepless nights. What about hallucinations or seeing something that isn't there? just reminds them of a scenario they once had in their mind and relived, or when they were daydreaming. It is basically the same, just you are half awake, therefore dream and reality kind of mix. So this remains a very serious and alarming sign. Just another few personal words. Seems like I'm finally recovering from the visit of my visit. Family can be difficult. Also, we clearly overdid it there. Same as with PTSD, 
I'm still a bit rocky. This chapter is also for me a complete new one and I face many new challenges for myself. Also, I wasn't intended to move so soon, but plans were changed and my worries ignored. But at least the big heat and humidity seems to be gone. That should make sleeping easier again, if my neighbor stops his random drilling. Otherwise, I am enjoying living only with my pets. That was it for today's episode. I hope you liked it. If you have any points still unanswered or unclear, please let me know. If you have any questions or feedback and the like, please let me know at contactme at johannatakonis.com. More information and transcripts you can find as usually under johannatakonis.com slash podcast. And links are in the description. I hope to see you next time. Watch yourselves and have a wonderful time.